Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. A big shout-out again to all the volunteers at 3CR for continuing to platform Palestine and giving us an avenue to speak truth to power. We keep getting silenced in the media in any number of different ways, whether it's our press releases that, you know, two or three words get cut out of, or an interview, five or six minute interview that we do to camera, and then less than 10 seconds gets aired, and it's the 10 seconds they choose to do. But here at 3CR, we get to speak for as long as we want about whatever we want, unrestricted and uncensored. So a huge thank you to all the team at 3CR, and in particular Giselle, who's joining me today and is a superstar, supporter of Palestine, and, and just a power of a woman. Thank you so much, Giselle. Well, all I'm doing, just to clarify for the listeners, is I'm panelling and making sure that Nasser's voice gets on air, but actually, you're the hero of the show, my friend. <laughs> well, I don't mind that. <laughs> but the panelling is not a little work. Um, if you, It looks like the Starship Enterprise in here. Um, but we continue to be uplifted by our dear friends, and I just want to do a couple of plugs for a couple of fundraisers. Um, you know, out of nowhere, we've got Irish Artists for Palestine Nam. Irish Artists for Palestine Nam. They're doing a fundraiser today from three till six. Uh, Irish, Scottish, and Australian folk music. Uh, they'll be raising funds and awareness and promote promote action for Palestine. To, uh, uh, today. At the last jar from three to six. At the last jar from three to six. Irish Artists for Palestine. So if you go to irishartistsforpalestine.com, the last jar from three to six today. Um, fantastic Irish Artists for Palestine. Love your work. And tomorrow, after our rally, don't forget you've got to get to our rally first. But tomorrow there is a musical extravaganza of jazz and Palestinian Middle Eastern musicians. The lineup includes Ray Pereira uh, with guest Julian Wilson, pianist Tony Gould, singer Abdul Latif, the Julian Wilson group, Phil Carroll, Rayanna Reidy, Andy Sung from the group, Yusuf Ahmed Rumawi, co-host, founder of Palestine Remember, will be there. Tons of others. Um, it's at the Cross Street Music Hall. That's tomorrow at the Cross Street Music Hall at 4 p.m. That's in Brunswick, the Cross Street Music Hall. Um, some wonderful stuff. So if you go on to um, Google or Facebook, look for Irish Artists for Palestine or this musical extravaganza, uh, look up Yusuf's 
Facebook page, and I'm sure the details will be there, but it's at the Cross Street Music Hall in Brunswick at 4 o'clock. So thank you to those organising those wonderful events for Palestine. We've woken up to sobering news that, you know, quote-unquote Hamas has broken the ceasefire. We know what that actually means. Israel wants to continue its slaughter, the massacre of Palestinians, the disaster that is befalling us, the inhumanity that continues. Blinken was just there, whether he was giving the okay or trying to calm Netanyahu down, who knows. Netanyahu knows he's in his final days. Interestingly, well, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's interestingly. I, I listened to an interview with a Thai Muslim lead negotiator that got the Thai workers out of um, out of Gaza, and the the Sky News or BBC reporter, much as much nowadays, was challenging him as to you know, are you being so nice about Hamas because you've done a deal with Hamas? Are you being so nice with Hamas because there's some uh, some deal that for other prisoners. And he, he was just talking factually about, you know, the first com- immediate communications they had. They said, look, we these tire workers, we want to get them back to you as soon as there's an opportunity to do so. They'll be treated in, um, in accordance with the Quran. And if anybody's seen any of the footage of the uh, hostages being released, uh, there's a reason that Israel is has banned the hostages from talking to the media. There's there's a reason. Uh, unfortunately, the situation in Gaza now, you know, is just beyond the pale. We're going to play a um, speech I did uh, at the um, Melbourne University for the NTU during the week. But the the question we've got to ask ourselves is: Where's the humanity in the world, and how can the world sit idly by and allow for tens of thousands now? There's over 40,000 Palestinians that are injured. And, you know, I talk about it in the speech, but just think about what that means if you if you can't get to a hospital and, and the chances of your survival might look like. The world is watching. The West is silent. Israel has a level of impunity that allows it to do this. And that impunity is conferred upon it by the West. When the West sits idly by and allows this to happen, Israel can do it, which puts the onus on all of us in the West to do more. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I know we need to do more. So make sure you come out tomorrow, 12 o'clock at the State Library, and uh, here's my speech from Melbourne University, NTEU. Um, a, a big thank you to the NTEU and... Um Palestinians for Melbourne, Unimel Palos, because these, on today, particularly today, the International Day of Solidarity with the Palestinian people, to be in solidarity with us, um, in the past could have been just a like, could have been a tick, but the urgency of solidarity today is paramount. Dana just told you 20,000 people have been killed, there's 40,000 injured. In a normal situation, those 40,000 people might have somewhere upwards of 50, 80, 90% of chance of recovery. There is not a functioning hospital in Gaza. Not a functioning hospital in Gaza. Today, 1% of the population of Gaza has died. That would be 260,000 Australians. There is so much more to do in solidarity with Palestinians today than to attend today and press like. The compulsion on each of you to activate your networks to do has been no greater 
There's never been a greater time. We know what we need to do. We've seen it happen in the past. Unions have been at the forefront of action and changing worlds, whether it was the end of Vietnam, apartheid, and so many other actions. I was interviewed by Neil Mitchell, and he was talking about the student strikes and how we needed to dial down the height. I said, what's, what's the height? Well, you know, these students, you know, I said, but students are seeing other students get killed. Why are you stripping them of their agency need? But we've got to dial down the hate NASA, you know. I said, but why? If a kid sees another kid get killed, what's wrong with that kid going out in the street and saying, why isn't my leader saying stop killing kids? But strikes NASA. I said, Neil, women went out on strike to get the vote. Are you okay with women voting, Neil? <laughs> There's never, ever been a time that Palestinians needed you more. And particularly, particularly Palestinians because they sit at a nexus. They sit at a nexus of struggles for so many oppressed peoples. I didn't acknowledge country at the start because I wanted to do it here because the struggle here against racist settler colonialism is the same struggle. The same struggle for Palestinian self-determination. It's the same struggle in Western Sahara. It's the same struggle in Kashmir, West Papua, Turtle Island, Aotearoa, in every settler colony across this earth for every oppressed people, be they black, brown, Jew, Muslim, queer, or otherwise. The freedom of all of us is connected. Palestine is the most visible, which is why it needs your most attention. And in solidarity, that's what that means. So when we say that this always was and always will Aboriginal land, we know what that means. I've ceased to acknowledge traditional owners because traditional creates some sort of concept of past tense. They are still the owners. As Palestine... And that was uh, courtesy of Francesca Albanese, who did a wonderful presentation uh, earlier this month. Um, as Palestine always was and always will be Palestinian, and to be Palestinian is to be anything. Muslim, Christian, Jew, Samaritan, agnostic, atheist, uh, McDonald's hamburger eater. Anyone can be, can be Palestinian. Um, the, the cruelty that is happening in Gaza doesn't happen in isolation. It happens when the world closes its eyes as it has because Israel is normal. Israel craves normalcy. Look at us at Eurovision. We're, um, we've got actors and actresses. It is not a normal joint. It is a settler, racist, ethno-nationalist country embedded in every bit of white supremacism and hate that can manifest itself. But it can be better. Like every country, it can be better. And it's like our duty to make it better. It is an apartheid state. Hi, I'm Michelle Briere, Mani Dubonais, Ojibwe from Canada. And I am Shakti Hayes from the Cree Nation, Canada. And you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. And we love and support Community Radio. Why? Because it speaks the truth. There are eight types of Palestinians. Eight types of Palestinians. And in any world where there is more than one type of human being, that's a fucking problem. If there's eight times... That's a huge problem. It might not surprise you, but I'm the best of those. <laughs> I say I'm the best of those. I'm actually the least connected of those two. 
as the best of those, what that means is I'm Western educated, Western assimilated, Western passport holder. I look like them, but I sound like us. It's a real disconnect for some white racists when I tell them that. But I'm most disconnected. My passport can't be stripped of me, but I've had the opportunity to live the great Australian dream. My fridge is full. I get to travel with an Australian passport. And, you know, sounding like us makes it a bit easier for me to get a job. The second type of Palestinian is a 48 Palestinian. We call them 48ers. The Israelis call us Israeli Arabs. They're citizens of the state of Israel, so they've got a passport. But there are over 50 laws that determine that they're not, they're not uh, first class. They get to vote, but they can't live in certain communities because they don't meet the cultural uh, and uh, uh, social construct of that society because they're not Jewish. And there's ways and means that they work out because Dana is a name that could go either way. It's a Semitic name. NASA, not so much. Muhammad, not so much. But Dana certainly is one. And so if Dana went to live in one of these communities, they might say, geez, we're not really sure if Dana is one of us or one of them. Because most Israeli Jews actually look like us. They're, you know, Semitic, Arab, African-looking people. Like there are Scarlett Johansson types. Benjamin Netanyahu types, you know, and no Palestinian denies Jewish connection to Palestine. We don't deny Jewish connection. We don't accept that it's superior. Nor do we accept that ours is superior. We accept that there's only one type of human on this precious earth and we are all equal. And that anybody thinks they're better than somebody else. The problem is with them, not with this person. But if you're a 48 Palestinian, Dana goes to the admissions committee, admissions committee to live in a community. Can you imagine an admissions committee? So, Dana, when did you serve in the IDF? What was your years of service? I didn't serve in the IDF. Oh, were you injured? No, I wasn't injured. No worries. We'll get back to you, Dana. That was a quick interview. Um, So she can't live in that community. But she's number two Palestinian. She's got a passport. She's a citizen. She gets to vote. I mean, the 2018 uh, nation state law says, Dana, the state of Israel is for Jewish self-determination and Jewish self-determination alone. We want to make sure you understand you don't belong. She's a number two Palestinian, not quite a number one. A number three Palestinian is a Palestinian that lives in East Jerusalem. They're not a citizen. They've got a Jerusalem ID, which means that they can live in Jerusalem, but at any time they have to prove that Jerusalem is the centre of their life. Now, as Dana told you, we're the most educated people in the world because we can't buy houses or land or anything, so we might as well spend that money on education. <laughs> and so our brilliant young women and boys travel the world and you know, uh, just really uplift us and shine an example on what Palestine could be if you let us be free. And so Dana comes to Australia and she gets, uh, does her masters here and, you know, her, um, her tutors go, you're a superstar, Dana, I've organised a PhD for you. She gets a PhD, does a couple of years of consulting and then goes back to Jerusalem. And then she gets a call from the Civil Administrative Authority and says, so Dana, what we want to do is just make sure that you've fulfilled your obligations under an East Jerusalem ID and we want to prove that Jerusalem is the centre of your life. And so Dana says, I was born in 1985, I went to Jerusalem Primary School. And they go, no, 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 the past 10 years. Yeah, after Jerusalem Primary School, I went to Jerusalem High, the past 10 years. Okay, well, I've just come back. I did um, uh, three years with Accenture in a consulting thing, and I did my PhD and my Master's at Melbourne University, and blah, blah, And they go, okay, so for the past 10 years, you've spent eight years in Australia. Yeah. So Jerusalem hasn't been the centre of your life for the past 10 years. Residency revoked. 
tens of thousands of Palestinian Jerusalemites have had their residency revoked. Millennia attachment to the land. Number three, Pella. Number four Palestinian is a Palestinian who lives in the West Bank. They weren't part of the 1948 catastrophe Nakba or ethnic cleansing of Palestine. And they live in an ancestral piece of dirt that they've got connection to and were never part of it. They're not citizens. They don't get to vote. They're under Israeli military law. Their kid gets snatched up and held in administrative detention for six months at a time for, for throwing a stone at a, at a tank or perhaps just walking to their sister's house to get dinner. Questioned in a foreign language, made to sign a confession in a language they don't understand, with no parent, no advocate present, tried in a military court by a judge who's a settler, two years, 99.9% conviction rate because CSI works brilliantly in the military courts of Israel. Number four, Pella. And number five Palestinian is a Palestinian who was ethnically cleansed in the demographic engineering that created a Jewish majority state in a land where there was a Jewish minority, like my father, driven out of their homes after massacres at the end of a bayonet and ended up refugees inside historical Palestine from the river to the sea, but they're refugees. So they own no land, they live in refugee camps for now 75 years, they have no opportunity to vote, their kids get taken away, etc. but they, without the concept of land for rural people, they work itinerant jobs. Number five, Palo. Number six, Palestinian, is a Palestinian that was ethnically cleansed outside of historic Palestine and lives in a collar country. Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, perhaps in the past Iraq. And those Palestinians that might have gone there with a little bit of money, maybe a bit of gold, maybe married well, and might have become citizens of those countries and have got a passport. And so they've had the benefit of being perhaps able to travel, maybe get a better job, etc., um, and that's a number six Palestinian. Number seven Palestinian. Number seven Palestinian is a Palestinian that was ethnically cleansed in 48, didn't make it into the West Bank, ended up in a collar country, but is a refugee. And is a refugee in one of those collar countries without citizenship, without paperwork, without the opportunity for job, is educated in an UNRWA unfunded school, is dependent on aid 75 years after they were thrown out of their home. A number eight Palestinian is the Palestinian you see today who stands steadfast, unbroken in Gaza, who has suffered under the most brutal of racist attack that anyone could imagine. When unrestrained evil and unrestrained racism and unrestrained support manifest itself in one spot, it's like concentrating, concentrating the sun's lights. Uh, sun's light with a magnifying glass on an ant. That's what Gaza is today. An apocalypse. They went back into a hospital this morning. Vision just came out. The doctors were thrown out. Everyone at the risk of being murdered. They found the neonatal unit. The kids have started decomposing. You can only level that level. You can... You can only subject human beings to that level of inhumanity when they've been degraded to a point of not being human. Solidarity means more than a like. Solidarity means more than coming to listen to Dana and I and Lachlan. Solidarity means doing something for human beings. That's a number eight Palestinian. And if anyone tells you in the world 
that a person can have eight different identities. And those eight different identities are controlled by one body. And that one body doesn't give them the opportunity to vote, doesn't give them proportional representation, doesn't allow them to be free. There's only one word for that, and it's apartheid. And we know what that means. When South Africans tell you, when Nelson Mandela, Archbishop Desmond Tutu tells you, we know what that means we need to do. It means Lockheed Martin doesn't have a place here. It means when we see a genocide happening, Genocide isn't just the extinguishing of populations, it's the extinguishing of culture. It's the extinguishing of connection to the land. They've destroyed every library, every tertiary institution, every secondary institution. There's not a hospital that works. In 1948, the Nakba that forced so many Palestinians out was driven at the end of a bayonet. And I say that often, at least that was uh, I heard somebody say there was some, a little bit of honour in that somebody might have resisted and died. But what the ethnic cleansing of Gaza is, is a grenade. They've rolled in a grenade. Gaza's going to be uninhabitable for a generation, perhaps two. And where are those kids going to be educated? And where are their families going to be when those kids are getting educated? They're not going to be in Gaza. And if you were a refugee in Gaza, living in a refugee camp for 75 years with no connection to the dirt other than being less than a day's walk to where your grandmother is buried. But that fence denies you that. Your religion denies you that. Aided and embedded by a Western imperialistic system that says they're right, they belong, they're normal, you don't. Why would you go back? This is a 10 or 15 year delayed onset ethnic cleansing and we cannot. We cannot sit by and idly allow it to happen. This is a calculated and vindictive, a calculated and vindictive plan to move Gaza to somewhere else, be under no illusion. The motion that this uh, uh, division, the NTU Vic division, I, I saw it online, it was fantastic. Go out to your branches. We need everybody but passing these, these motions. We need to be working with other union. Unionists for Palestine, if you haven't connected to them, please do. Um, don't allow yourself to be caught into both-siderism. There is no both sides. Somebody is getting the sh kicked out of them by somebody else. It is very clear that it's not complex. We understand as Australians, Australians as settlers, what settler colonialism looks like. The language of settler colonialism is violence. We see it here, Indigenous deaths and customs. We see it in here with youth incarceration. We see it in here with uh, kids getting taken away from their parents. We know how it's manifested itself. There is no two sides. There is one side and it's a shared humanity. If you can't sign on to shared humanity, that's okay, just don't expect for us to want you to be on the bus with us because tomorrow is going to exist a tomorrow where we're all live together as equals will happen the arc of moral justice does pivot back to to, to the right world and when that happens and you know I, I say this a couple of times most recently 
uh, to a, a trades hall. I've met a lot of South Africans. My pro professional business was in, um, in property and finance, and I met a lot of South Africans. And they had very thick Afrikaners voices. And every one of them, every one of them was against apartheid. Every one of them. And it's fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited to meet these people that were against apartheid. And I'd say, when did you come to Australia? And they say, 1997. And we go, straight after Mandela got out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was against it. So why didn't you leave in 78? 79, 82, I mean 85. Leave 94 if he gets out of jail in 95, at least then you know. But if you leave in 99, guess what? You were all for apartheid, but just not so happy when other people got the vote. There's going to be a lot of post-Palestine liberation Zionists who are always for Palestine. That's why we're taking receipts. Know that you're on the right side of history, you're in the right place. Don't let this blood go to waste, please. This is, there's never been a more important and urgent time for you to connect. There's a trade unionists for Palestine's uh, sign-on letter. There's over 3,000 people have signed it. Put your name on me. We are stronger together. We are stronger together. I mean, you should get some comfort that... Uh, the trade unions for Palestine have got 3,000 names on it and they're normal names, normal people like each of us. The statement against anti-Semitism, which is fantastic in context, we're all against anti-Semitism. Islamophobia, homophobia, all that sort of hate. Actually, before the attack on me, the Australian had this wonderful line from my rally speech. Now, Sebastian, president of the Australia-Palestine Network, said that this rally was a rally against... Uh, settler colonialism, it's against uh, uh, ra uh, racism, it's against all hate, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, homophobia. And if those attributes look like any of you, you don't belong here. Peter Dutton's got a rally down the corner. I'm sure he'll welcome you. I thought some of my best work, but, you know, <laughs> they thought I was a bad guy. Um, uh, the statement against anti-Semitism, uh, which should stand alone, but today is being used as a way to silence us, which is why, um, you know, saying the word Palestine is anti-Semitic today. Wearing a kefir is anti-Semitic today. The rise in anti-Palestinian racism, which is different to Islamophobia, is astronomical. We had a woman uh, in a, a graduate lawyer in a, in a prestigious city law firm liked a post saying, Q&A, uh, Q you are bastards for being mean to NASA. And the partner, an equity partner in that law firm, made a complaint to HR. She was called in and said, unlike that, and maybe you should start looking somewhere else. A kid went to a cultural day in New South Wales, come dressed in your culture, went in a cafe, they went, you need to go home. That's, uh, that's, that's hate. Um, so anti-Palestinian racism is not Islamophobia. Um, so this anti-Semitism uh, anti statement, which we should all be party to, um, but it's, it's being used maliciously to silence us. Have a look at the names on there. There's a reason our name's not on there, because we don't want to be on there with John Howard. We don't want to be on there with uh, all these billionaires, etc. Because we are against anti-Semitism. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. Wanting Palestine to be free from the river to the sea is not anti-Semitic. Hate and racism is wanting only half the people to be free from the river to the sea. And that's Zionism, and that's the apartheid state of Israel.
Thank you, everyone. That was uh, some of my best work there at Melbourne University on International Day of Solidarity with the Palestinian people on the 29th. Make sure you get along tomorrow, State Library, 12 o'clock. Be there, show up, micro-actions, bring your friends along. Don't stop talking Palestine. We need you more than ever. That's it for Palestine Remembered this week. We'll be back next Saturday from 9.30 with more news and information about what's happening in Palestine. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share the podcast and listen in next week. Because the Palestinian fight isn't just the Palestinians' fight, it's all our fight, because it's a fight not just about land, it's about a fight for freedom. Everybody should be standing here today saying, free Palestine. Solidarity with our Palestinian brothers and sisters on behalf of the Bumbanja Nation, my people who've never ceded their sovereignty. We should be recognising Palestine as a state and recognising the rights of Palestinians. 3CR. Stay tuned, stay radical. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.